0: This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. We can world. We can world. Now, here's Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm just very blessed. I'm so blessed to be with you today. I want to talk to you about if you're feeling lonely. I know most of us right now are just kind of in, in stress mode. And, uh, you know, things are just kind of not at ease. And all I can say is, is that for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And, uh, you know, each one of us has a choice on how we're going to manage, how we're going to deal with whatever comes our way. And when decisions are made and choices are made that we have no control over, we do have control on how we handle it. So if you're feeling alone, it's a good time to reconsider Where you're putting your faith and your trust. And are you reaching out? Are you you know, looking inside? Are you praying? And are you reaching out? Because I guarantee you there's other people that are feeling alone or or concerned. And we need to be there for one another, don't we? So that's the message for today. Is that with the mind of Christ, you'll never feel alone. And this is by Rick Warren. I am not really alone because the Father is with me. So I ask you right now, is your father with you? Do you have that type of relationship where when you're feeling uneasy, when you're feeling like you're out of control, when you're feeling like life just does not make any sense at all, where do you put your faith? Where do you put your hope? I, I just personally, I don't know what I would do if I didn't know that, that the Lord was with me and that, and that my protection is in him and that I can trust him with my life and with my family, and even with our America. So my hope is, moving forward, that all of us together can understand that we all bleed the same and that we all understand that we need one another. And so, you know, no matter who we voted for, um, who's for us, who's against us, who who thinks like us, who doesn't think like us, we we are in a community where we need each other. And regardless, we need to be thinking about loving our neighbor. And so the message today is, is we're only as alone as we are allowing us to feel because there's other people that are maybe feeling that too, and, and we need to pull these people together. We need to pull people together and love thy neighbor as thyself. What does that mean exactly? Think about that. So having the mind of Christ means always being aware that God is with you. He's always with you. He's always with me, and I'm so grateful for that. And, you know, when I feel kind of alone, it's not because God has left me. It's because I have left God. I've I've started thinking that I can handle it on my own. I start thinking that I oh, I, I got this one. I don't really need him or I just don't think about it at all. And I just I'm in do it mode. I'm just in do it mode. Get her done. And I'm not thinking about God and what God would want me to do. And I find that if I take that step back, even though I'm a step forward person, but when I take a step back or even just stop walking or stop talking, that that's when I can hear from him and he can guide my steps and he can guide my words and he can guide my thoughts to where they're more like him. And I want that. And his hope for you is that you will want that too. That's his hope for you. And during this time when, you know, everybody has their own thoughts and social media and all this blast happening to us, whether we're in it or not, uh, you know, we just have so much coming at us. And sometimes I had to just step back and just say, "Okay, what would God want me to say? What would God want me to do? And even when you have attack at you, we have a choice on whether we're going to attack back. We're going to name call back. We're going to we're going to do something that's going to hurt somebody because maybe we feel hurt. But in doing that, are we doing what's best for his kingdom? Are we doing what's best really for a relationship or a friendship? The answer is no, we're not. And so we just have to take in consideration what we're doing. And I'm not the best at this. I can say that sometimes my, my lack of sensitivity or my lack of kindness, it's not intentional. It's just um, I have a friend who says he's thoughtfully kind that we have to be thoughtfully kind because it just does not come naturally. And I so relate to that. I so do. And I am doing my best, with God's help, uh, to be thoughtfully kind. And in this time, there's so many times where I just want to fight back. And do you feel that way sometimes where you just want to fight back? You just want to say the one thing that's going to just make you feel better for a second. But then how do you feel after the second's gone? That's what really matters. We see this in the life of Jesus. Jesus lived in the presence of God and stayed connected to the favor of God. No matter how busy he was, he stayed in tune with the Father. Jesus said, "I am not really alone because the Father is with me." That's in John 16:32. This is why the greatest antidote to loneliness is thinking like Jesus. When you have the mind of Christ, you'll be able, like him, to say, "I'm not alone." Because I know the Father is always with me. Say that. I'm not alone. Because I know my Father is always with me. When you feel alone, it's often the result of not living with the mind of Christ. We're not aware of God's constant care. We're just not aware. How can you always stay aware of God's constant care? One way is through prayer. Jesus made prayer a daily habit. Jesus would often go to some place where he could be alone and pray. That's Luke 5:16. Now I ask you, do you do this daily? Do you go to some place quiet, a place where you can just be alone and you can pray? I don't have to go anywhere because I make this a point and I've created a habit where I don't put my feet on the ground before I pray. And I've got two dogs and one sickly. She's got a heart condition and she keeps me up all hours of the night and she has good days and bad days. And I always think it's a last day and then she gets peppy again and she's giving me borrowed time of more life, more affection and unconditional love that dogs give us. But I know even when I'm tired and I want to jump out of bed because I'm late or I'm I'm supposed to be at a conference, I have to take that moment. I have to stop. Before my feet hit the ground, and I just have to say thank you to God for everything he's done for me, for my family, for the company that I'm with, E.C.O.L.A., thank you for my employees, thank you for my customers, thank you Lord Jesus for protecting me, for guiding me and my family, for being there. And if I do that, my day, I can guarantee you my day starts out a whole lot better than when i don't and i could bet that if you do this and do this every day you know in the the bible it says pray without ceasing well let's start somewhere let's start somewhere and i would say start before you you know get out of bed and then at night you know when when you know the memos are done and the phone calls are done and your texts and your emails are finished and you watched that TV show or you've had your dinner and and you're you're going to bed. The best thing you can do to set your mind at ease to calm your spirit is to get in the spirit of prayer and just have that moment of prayer to thank God for the day. And believing for tomorrow. It'll change things for you. It really will. Notice this verse says that Jesus often slipped away so he could pray. You can't just do that every now and then if you want to have the mind of Christ. Jesus' prayer life was continual. He made it the priority of his life to be with his father. It was a habit. This article or this sermon is from Rick Warren, so I'm reading from it because I just think he's so eloquent in how he presents things. And I I always add my two cents uh, into it. Because it speaks to me. And I ask the Holy Spirit to always be with me on this show. Because I really want to have his words, not my words, uh, be out there. And the delivery to be to where you have favor. Your ears have favor on the words. And then it can cause change in your life. That's the prayer I have for you for this show. Is that, you know, it's a waste of time for me to come and just babble. But if the words from the Lord... Can touch you in a manner in which it can bring you nearer to Him, then that's worth my time and the Lord will be pleased. If it causes a change of heart, if it causes a change in your mind, then I would love to hear from you because I want to hear how God's working in your life. I want to hear how things are going. If you need prayer, If you need resources, reach out to me. And how do you do that? You go to Sue Free, spelt like fries, like French fries, one word dot com. Go there and uh, there is a lot of information there. There's 10 years of podcasts there. You can pick by subject or by person because I have guests. Uh, and, And it's very helpful. You know, no matter what you're going through, I bet you there's a subject matter after 10 years of doing this. There's probably something there that could be inspiring, encouraging, just give you some hope. Because we all need it, and we need each other. So do you stop and pray throughout the day? Do you think your day would go better if you developed this habit? If Jesus felt the need to slip away and pray throughout his day, then think about how much more you and I need it. When you don't take the time to talk with God, you miss the gifts of God. It's not God's will for you to be too busy for him. In fact, you'll get more done in every area of your life if you take the time to stop and pray. Now, that's really interesting because that's been said to me before, and I thought, how can that be? I only have so many hours in the day. If I stop and I pray, then I'm not getting something done. But the truth of the matter, and I'm a living example of this, is that I get more done when I take a moment to stop and pray because there's a lot less noise going on in my head. There's a lot less noise going on in my spirit. There's not this inner conflict that I'm having because I'm in alignment. And it helps me get through and, and pierce and get through those things so that it's, it's easier for me to make a decision or to step forward in the right direction and have confidence that I'm stepping in the right direction. I know some of you understand what I'm saying and some of you are going, I have no idea what you're talking about. And those of you that are saying, I don't know, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's because you haven't lived through this. But I guarantee you, if you get a shot, if you give him a shot, if you just ask him to show himself to you, have his presence be known in your spirit and in you, you're going to see such a difference in, in your life and those that you touch. And I am praying for that for you. I think it's very important. This doesn't seem like it should work. If you're always stopping to pray, how are you going to get more done? Thank you, Rick Warren. Exactly. (laughs) You're going to have focus. You'll be able to focus your mind and heart on what matters most because you're taking time to let God's spirit remind you through prayer what your purpose is. See, he says it so much better than me. Thank you, Rick Warren, for that. Jesus Christ knew who he was and what his purpose was. He was always aware of God's presence. When you get the mind of Christ, you'll have those things too. And you'll always be aware that God is with you. Like I said, I don't know what I would do if I didn't know and feel his presence with me. It would be a tough time for me, especially right now. Especially right now. There's so much unknown. There's so many things happening. I want to say thank you to you right now for tuning in to the Sue Free Show. And if you're new, there's no coincidence. Uh, It's when God decides to say anonymous. And there's a reason why you have you know, spun the dial and ended up here. There's a reason. And maybe God wants to just talk directly to you, just to your ears. And maybe this is the message he wants you to hear. Those of you that listen all the time or uh, write me fan mail, which I love, uh, just thank you so much for the investment in listening to me. And thank you even more so for connecting with me and letting me know how what is being said here is encouraging or if you have suggestions on how I could deliver this message better. Uh, I welcome all of that because, you know, I, um, I strive for better. I want to be better every day. And I feel that the only way that can happen is if we have open communication. And those that are experiencing uh, me, In some way, they're the best ones to not critically criticize me, but help me to see things that maybe I am not seeing a little side story. I'm going to tell you, I I have an older sister. Her name is Debbie and I have a younger sister. Her name is Darcy. Debbie is seven years older and Darcy is five years younger. And uh, I decided that my my older sister said she was going to go to Idaho to check out property and, and just take a road trip. And I haven't spent time with my older sister in a long time. So I decided it was the right time and there was some property and some things that I wanted to see from Idaho. And I'd never been there, so I thought I would check it out. And so I decided to get on a plane and catch up with her and spend an entire week with her. Now, we don't get along sometimes and we're realizing that it's because we have a lot in common. Um, We're a lot alike. And and I've said that before that, you know, if you are around somebody that rubs you wrong, if there's something that is really bothering you about another person, what I will say to you right now and and check me out, because I, I know this is true, is that you will find that a lot of the times when you have something in someone else that irritates you. If you do soul searching, if you do an evaluation of yourself, you're going to find that that same thing that bothers you, actually you have that or you do that too. So here's a perfect example of that. Is my sister, she's a go-getter and she's a get or done person kind of like me. And we'll be talking or, or whatnot and all of a sudden um, she just takes off. She doesn't say, I'm going to go park the car, you take care of the luggage. She doesn't say, um, okay, I'm done here, I'm going to head over there. She just takes off. And then uh, one time we did this and... I was filming the gorge in Idaho, this beautiful gorge, and I was filming it, and she was behind me, at least I thought she was, and I was talking to her. I was videotaping, and I'm talking to her, and I finally, I scan around to where she, I thought she was, and she was like a half a mile away walking, and I'm like, oh, I was so mad at her. I was like, I can't believe she did that, and I'm that's so rude, and and blah, 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 And so I waited for the opportune time. I prayed about it because I didn't want to cause a rift between us because we had time together. And I waited until the last day at breakfast. And we were fed, we were slept, and it was the right time to present my message. I I felt like I had prayed up for it. I just said, hey, Deb, I, I just have a observation and I, I'd like to share with you. And she goes, OK, shoot. And I go, well, you know how when we stopped at the store and, and you didn't wait for me to get out of the car or the time when I was filming and, and you took off. That really is upsetting. It's because I, I felt like you didn't value me enough to stay with me or at least communicate with me on what you were doing. She goes, oh, my gosh, that's so funny because so many people have told me that. And I said, well, why didn't you listen? And then I said to her, yeah, I have Steve who tells me this, that, you know, when we get to the grocery store or something, I am jumping out of the car and I'm heading in to get the groceries and he's still parking the car or doing whatever he's doing. And he goes, why don't you just wait for me? I mean, I would never do that to you. And I I just didn't, I didn't understand. And now because she did it to me, I realized how it felt. Do you know what I'm saying? I mean, this could be in any situation, but I knew how it felt because it was happening to me now. I was on the other side of it. And so we both kind of got a laugh out of it, and I made a commitment to her that now that I knew how it felt, I was never going to do that again. Now, she didn't make that commitment to me, but that's her decision, okay? I did my duty because I brought up that tough conversation. I spoke, and it was out of love. It was out of love. It wasn't out of criticalness to hurt her feelings or anything. It was just an observation that I got the feel of it, and I just, I wanted her to understand that. Um, so I felt like it went really well, and, and it did. It went really well. And for me, it changed me forever. I am forever changed because she did that. So I thank her for that. I think that she did that for me because now I know what it feels like. So any part of that story or that message that, you know, kind of hits you somewhere, I'm glad. I'm glad because maybe it'll cause a little bit of a change in your thought process or, you know, the one thing that annoys me the most In relationship is inconsiderateness. That's a word. It's a Sue word, I think. But to be inconsiderate, when people are inconsiderate of other people, it is probably the most annoying thing for me. I don't know. You probably have your own situation and your own thing. But for me, being inconsiderate of one another is really annoying for me. So five steps to manage during crisis. Step one in crisis. Listen and let God speak by Rick Warren. Prayer is the key to enduring any crisis. We can learn a lot from Daniel and his prayer life. As an old man, when the time came closer for the Israelites to return to their homeland, Daniel knew his people were not ready. The Israelites still did not have a right relationship with God. This grieved Daniel, so he prayed. His prayer in Daniel 9 provides six important pieces about how to pray in a way that God answers during a crisis. First, you let God speak to you before you speak to him. Well, that's interesting. Let God speak to you before you speak to him. You need to hear the voice of God. He will always make the first move in your life. He never expects you to do something he doesn't do first. The Bible says we love God because he first loved us. We serve him because he first served us. Now, I've never heard that before. Yes, I know the scriptures. I do. But I never really put that together, that he's not asking us to do anything he hasn't done first. And that's funny in in work, in my business as a leader. I don't ask people to do more than I'm going to do myself. And I will do anything that needs to get done because I feel like nothing's above or below me. I'm just going to do whatever it takes to get the job done. And I feel like if I lead by example, whether it's emptying the trash, cleaning the toilet, Uh, sweeping or blowing out the parking lot. It doesn't really matter if it needs to get done. I'm going to do it. And that's kind of what he's saying is, is he's not expecting us to do something that he has not done for us first. I love that. God initiates. Then we respond. So how do you listen to God? That's a good question, isn't it? You read the Bible. We talk to God because he first talked with us through his word. That's his communication. That's how he talks to us is through his word, through the Bible. Daniel did this. It was the first year of the reign of Darius, the son of Azarias, who became king of the Babylonians during the first year of his reign. Daniel learned from reading the word of the Lord as revealed to Jeremiah, the prophet, that Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years, Daniel 9, 1 and 2. You will never pray effectively until you study scripture and listen to God. The more you know the Bible, the more effective your prayers will be. On that, I'm just going to say a side note. I have index cards. I got them from Big Lots or something, and they're, they're on a ring, and they've got a hole punch. And what I do is I have them separated by category, and then I will write my favorite scriptures. Like, I, you know, in my Bible, I highlight my things that mean something to me. And I usually put a year of when I highlighted. And it's very interesting because you can go back and read scriptures that you read and they had a meaning for you, let's say five years ago, maybe even last week, maybe five months ago. And I know that if I go back and read the same scripture today that I read five years ago, that I'm in a different place, that the word comes into my spirit in a different way. It has a different color. It has a different smell. It has a different mindset for me. And so it's really important that we read the Bible and we grow. Life is a journey. We grow in our spiritual walk. At least we should be growing in our spiritual walk. You know, at first you drink milk and then you want meat. And so we need to mature. And in spiritual maturity, you do that by reading the word Understanding the word, putting it into perspective, just like that story I told you about my sister. It's like understanding things on a different level, feeling things differently, thinking about things differently. It's all really important to the whole. So it's important that we evaluate that and read the Bible regularly because that's his word to us. That's how he communicates to us. And I wanted to say that because that's personal for me, and I'm hoping that helps with you. So we will be back with more of the Sufri's Freeze. Show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard, or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. Hey there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Fries of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS.
0: SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze.
1: Thank you so much, E. termite, and pest control services for sponsoring this show. And if you'd like to sponsor this show, I would love to talk to you. I just need you to get a hold of me by going to Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word, dot Go there. And let's talk. Just put your information in there. If you're a business owner and you want to know if, if this could be a medium that would work for you, I would be able to help you. And look, you can test it out here. It's really inexpensive, but it would be a great way to just test that market and see if it would work for you. We're syndicated. We're in San Diego, uh, KPraise, Kprz. KPRZ. We're in Oxnard, uh, Ventura County at 98.3 The Word, KKLA, of course, Orange County, L.A. It's got a larger signal. And then up in a Secular on KUHL. Just thank you, all of you listeners, for listening to the show. Please share it with other people. I'm hoping it's encouraging. I'm hoping it's inspiring. I'm hoping that it makes a difference. And E.C.O.L.A., Termite and Pest Control, is hiring. We really need People that are looking for a career, a career move or a career. Uh, you have to be 21. You have to cl- have a clean driving record. If you're going to be working in the field, it's a dirty job. It's a hot job in the summer. You have to go in the attic. You have to go in the sub areas. You have to climb. And then you have to come out and you have to be all, you know, clean off, brush yourself off and and talk to our customers. And our customers are great. They are so wonderful. And we would love to talk with you about that. I can teach skill. I cannot teach attitude. So please come with your best, your best, your best attitude and have a servant's heart. And we will teach you stewardship and we want to work together uh, long term, not short term. This is a long term career move, but we would love to talk to you. Go to TermiteLady.com, fill out an application and and we will reach out and and talk with you. And if you already have a pest control license, oh, all the better. Uh, It's it's a, a process, but we would love to talk with you for sure. So step two in crisis, focus and seek God. I love those who love me. And those who seek me will find me. That's Proverbs eight seventeen. Do you love the Lord? Do you? Do you seek him? Daniel gives us a great blueprint for prayer during difficult times. We can find six important principles for this in Daniel 9. In the last devotional, we looked at the first of those principles. We let God speak to us before we speak to him. The second step in praying in a way God will answer during a time of crisis is to focus our attention on God and seek him. Focus our attention on God and seek him. If you close your eyes, don't do this if you're driving. But if you close your eyes and you think of Jesus and you think of God, what comes to your vision inside your your brain? What, what, What do you see? And in your spirit, if you just take a little bit of time here, in your spirit, you could be so anxious, be anxious for nothing, but you could be so anxious. I know this firsthand, believe me. But when I speak the name of Jesus... Jesus, Jesus, something happens in my spirit. Something happens that calms me down and my breathing changes. My heart rate changes. You breathe in, you breathe out, and you just get a calmness that comes over you. He wants you to focus our attention on him and to seek him. You can't do that if you're running you can't do that if you're talking. You can't do that if your brain's going a mile a minute. Be still and know that I am God. Daniel did this in Daniel 9.3. I turned my face to the Lord, God seeking him. This is basic relationship advice that works beyond your relationship with God. You'll improve any relationship in your life if you physically turn yourself toward the other person and focus on them when they talk to you, whenever someone talks to you, turn your face toward them. They will know they have your undivided attention. Did you hear that? Because that that spoke to me. Because sometimes I'm doing three things at once. And it's really important to be present with a person that's in front of you, whether it's your child that you're going, yeah, uh uh uh-huh, 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 but you're really maybe not listening to your child or your spouse who you're just kind of frustrated with right now because they did this or didn't take the trash out or whatever it is, face them, face-to-face. You know, I mentioned at the very beginning of this that I had a skin issue, pre-cancer cream that burnt my face pretty bad, and I have to tell you that the mask kind of helped because it hid some of it. (laughs) It was kind of I hid that, but the real issue was around my eyes, and it wasn't covering my eyes. And the mask situation, I don't know about you, but I miss seeing smiles. I miss seeing people's expressions and their smiles. And I find that even socially for me, I'm not as friendly if I can't smile with people. I'm finding that I'm different because I can't really show that person a smile. So I'm having a hard time with eye contact. It's changing how I am in in public. And it's changing those that I come in contact with in public. And with this eye thing, with all this stuff going on in my face, I had my head down because I didn't want anybody to see my face because it was, it was pretty red and hurting pretty bad. So the reason I say this because I felt like that was a lesson I was learning is uh, not being able to be face-to-face, smile-to-smile, and, and just have that warmness come through with our face because our face is covered up. But we can still have our body turned towards the person even with a face mask on. So I would just recommend and and that's what's being said here is that it helps a lot in any relationship. Turning your face towards someone shows attention. You can do with this God too. Physically look up toward the sky. If you can, go outside and look into the heavens as you pray. I love doing that. When I see the moon and the stars, it's just beautiful. Or a sunrise to see God's creation. And it just happens over and over and over again. And it's never exactly the same. It's a new creation every morning. The sun comes up new every morning. It's never the same. Pretty amazing. Physically turning toward God is the first step in truly focusing on him. And seeking him, which is vitally important during a crisis and every other moment of our lives. God says, seek me and live. You're not really living unless you're truly seeking God. Did you hear that? You're not really living if you're not truly seeking God. That's new for a lot of people. I'm, I'm sure that's new. God guarantees he will always be with you. He says, I love those who love me and those who seek me will find me. Proverbs eight seventeen. Step three in crisis, pour your heart out to God. I'm going to have to speed it up a little bit. Rick Warren, I poured out my heart, bearing my soul to God. You've been looking at how Daniel prayed during a time of crisis in his life and the life of Israel. His response shows us how we can pray in a way that God answers. So far, we've learned that we must let God speak to us before we speak to him and focus our attention on God and seek him. Then we must express our desires with passion. Do we do that? Passion. Too many of our prayers are simply cut and dried. We speak without really thinking about what we're saying. We have the words memorized. There's no passion or authenticity. The truth is God cares more about the passionate sincerity of your prayers than the words you use. Think about how the right words with the wrong emotions won't work with your spouse. That won't work with God either. Have you ever had somebody say they're sorry, but you could tell in their voice and everything that they really weren't sorry? Their word said they're sorry, but they're, you could tell that they weren't sorry. That's kind of what this is saying right here. Human beings are made in the image of God. He shows emotions. He gets angry. He gets sad. He gets happy. God doesn't just love you. God loves you passionately, emotionally. Daniel described his passionate prayer in Daniel 9.3. I prayed earnestly to the Lord God, pleading with him. The word pleading in Hebrew means to ask with emotions. It's a serious seeking. It's searching with all your heart. It's begging. That's a prayer God will listen to and answer. I love this paraphrase. I poured out my heart, bearing my soul to God. Step four in crisis, show God you're serious. As I prayed, I fasted, and I wore rough sackcloth, and I sprinkled myself with ashes. Daniel's prayer In Daniel 9 provides us with a great model of how to pray during a crisis in the last few devotions We've learned from this passage to let God speak to us before we speak to him Then we focus our attention on God and seek him and we express our desires with emotions next The kind of prayer God answers during a crisis is one where we demonstrate our seriousness You need to signal to God that you are determined about your need It isn't just a whim or a casual thought. You need to let God see how important it is to you. Daniel described three different ways he signaled his seriousness to God. To show my sadness, I fasted, put on rough cloth, and sat in ashes. We're going to focus on the first thing he did. He fasted from food. Fasting is a spiritual discipline that people have employed for centuries. Jesus said some miracles could only happen Through prayer and fasting, not by prayer alone. Why? Fasting tells God you're serious about your prayer. How many of you have ever fasted? I know I have. If you haven't, I recommend it. It's actually good for your health and it's good for your soul. Moses fasted before he received the Ten Commandments. The Israelites fasted before they went into many of their major battles, Daniel fasted in order to receive guidance from God. Nehemiah fasted before he began a major building project. Jesus fasted in victory over temptation. You're listening to the Sue Free Show, and I'm just thankful to be part of this show. And I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the listeners that are listening, and I'd love to hear from you. Please go to Sue fries, spelled spelt like fries, when we're .com, And, you know, just let me know what's going on with you. Let me know how things are going, or if you have some advice, some suggestions on topics or presentation or whatever it is, you know, just what's going on. Okay? Thank you for that. We were talking about fasting. Fasting doesn't have to be related to food. It's about removing other things from your life so you can focus on prayer. That's interesting. I've always thought fasting was food. But they're saying, no, fasting is anything that is taking you away from uh, being in his word. So you could take other things away, which that's uh, interesting. Step five in crisis. Thank God for his love and promises. Oh, Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. Daniel nine 4. there is nothing more important you can do during a crisis than Pray. As we've been learning, Daniel nine gives us a great pattern for prayer. As we walk through life's toughest times, we've already learned to let God speak to us before we speak to him, focus our attention on God and seek him, express our desires with passion and demonstrate our seriousness. We must also thank God for his love and promises. Daniel describes this in Daniel 9. four. O oh Lord, you are a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. This may be the last thing you want to do during a crisis. You may be angry with God and frustrated with him, but that's why you need to do this. You need a change in your perspective. A few verses later, we read this. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though... We have rebelled against him. We should be grateful that God is faithful even when we're not. God keeps his promises every time. And God will continue keeping them in your crisis. He won't abandon you. Show God you realize that. Let him know you trust him. You need to tell him this. I mean, he knows your thoughts. He knows every hair on your head. He knows all of that, but he still needs you because you, he's given you freedom of choice to believe and trust and, and to have faith in him and to believe in his promises. So he needs to hear that with passion. We should be grateful that God is faithful. Even when we're not, God keeps his promises every, every time. And God will continue keeping them in your crisis. He won't abandon you. Show God you realize that. Let him know you trust him. It's an important part of a prayer that God will always answer during a crisis. 2 Corinthians 5-7 For we walk by faith, not by sight. Hebrews eleven six and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This is so good. I'm gonna put these on those cards I was telling you about. I want to memorize all of these because they're really good. Are you ready for the third one? First Corinthians two five. That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Boy, do we need that right now. There's so many people that think differently than we do maybe, and we have to put our thoughts in our faith and our trust in our heavenly Father our in the power of god matthew twenty one twenty two and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith luke one thirty seven for nothing will be impossible with God boy these i I could repeat these over and over again. When things come my way, when there's crisis, when there's things that I'm not understanding. And I say, Lord, please help me to understand. Give me the discernment to know how to handle the situation. I believe in you, Lord, and I know that you've got this. I know you've got this, Lord Jesus. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Are you on guard? Are you standing firm in the faith? Are you being courageous? And are you being strong? I love that. Okay, so I'm going to read from Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence, Sarah Young. I'm going to talk fast. Every time something thwarts your plans or desires, use that as a reminder to communicate with me, meaning Jesus. This practice has several benefits. The first is obvious. Talking with me blesses you and strengthens our relationship. Another benefit is that disappointments, instead of dragging you down, are transformed into opportunities for good. That, this transformation removes the sting from difficult circumstances, making it possible to be joyful in the midst of adversity. Begin by practicing this discipline in all the little disappointments of daily life. It is often these minor setbacks that draw you away from my presence. When you reframe setbacks as opportunities, you find that you gain much more than you have lost. It is only after much training that you can accept major losses in this positive way. But it is possible to attain the perspective of the Apostle Paul, who wrote, compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, I consider everything I once treasured to be as insignificant as rubbish Colossians devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful devote yourself to prayer being watchful and thankful if we stopped right there could you do that devote yourselves to prayer and to be watchful and thankful but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ what is more I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ, Philippians 3, 7 and 8. I love this book, Jesus Calling, Enjoying Peace in His Presence by Sarah Young. Um, I know so many people that are using this book now, and it's just so amazing because every time I open it up for the date that I'm on, it's crazy how it, it reflects the message that the Lord has revealed and he wants me to speak about. And it just kind of all goes together. It's it's pretty amazing. But God is so good. He's just so good. And uh, he reveals himself so often. And if we're not expecting, if we're not praying, if we're not being aware, then we might miss that. And I don't want to miss any time that he shows himself. And he does it so often. And it's so awesome for me to have that. So E.C.O.L.A. is hiring, and I'm saying this again because I really want you to let people know that might be looking for an opportunity for a new career. And I have to tell you from a business standpoint, you know, I'm a mom and now I'm a grandma, and I'm very excited about that. And uh, my daughter says, hey, mom, you want to go to the pumpkin patch? And I said, yes. And the pumpkin patch that we went to is the same pumpkin patch we've been going to since my daughter was two and she's 34. I think she's 34. Um, uh, thirty-four, thirty-five, And uh, we have a little one who's eight months old, and it was her first time to the pumpkin patch, the same pumpkin patch. And I just think how wonderful to have that type of tradition and to build on that and now have my daughter doing that same tradition with her daughter. And it's just so special to me to uh, experience that and take photos and Oh, it's just so wonderful. Being a grandma is great. And I've, I've had so many people tell me how wonderful it's going to be when I'm a grandma. And, you know, you really don't know until you get there. But I have to tell you, it's so special. It's just so special. And it's more than, you know, get them all fired up with sugar and then, you know, let them go home with mom. It, it's more than that. Uh, it's just so much more. And, and the beauty that I see in, in it is my daughter seeing the love and care that her mom gives her daughter realizing and i i remind her of it is is that i was like this with you this is how you were in my arms this was you in my arms so many years ago and to relive that and to you know just that whole experience is just so beautiful and the most beautiful part is for my daughter to be an adult now and to see her daughter being loved and cared for um by, by me. And it's just so special for me to be able to give that. So it's, it's just a wonderful experience. But from a business standpoint, this whole year, 2020 has been an interesting year for everybody. And the thing is, is that we've had to just learn how to do things differently. We've had to learn how to be flexible. Like I have a lady who lives in New Mexico, who's, who's working for me. And I've never had people living that didn't come in and show themselves. But she worked with me for many, many, many years and retired. And we reconnected on social media. And I said, what are you doing? She goes, oh, blah, blah, blah. I said, how would you like to? She goes, oh, yes, I miss. And, And so it's just so wonderful to reconnect. She's all the way in New Mexico. But she knows how to do this better than anybody and to have her back and to be able to help With This is is just a wonderful, wonderful gift. It's gift to bring people back into relationship that might not be there and to think outside the box on how to get things done a different ways. It's just amazing. This zoom thing, you know, just being able to zoom doing these uh, medical onboarding. Through Zoom, I don't have to have someone come and meet with each individual person. It's done on Zoom, and we have to have a computer, and we have to, you know, know how to do things differently. And it's not that it's bad. It's different, but it's not bad. And in some cases, you know, doing virtual inspections, having a customer take their phone on camera and walk around with video around, you know, we are directing them where to show us. And we can do a virtual inspection over the phone. And not even have to have a person go to that house and to identify a bug. Same thing. It's just so exciting to be able to do things on a different level in a different way. There's still some obstacles, of course. But we're learning how to adjust and to be flexible with mothers having to stay home and homeschool. And then, you know, how do we have our call center? You know, it is a a difficult thing, but it's it's working and we're making it happen. and, And thank you to all the customers out there that are being patient with us. God bless you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Take care. Bye for now.